Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello. Um, welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark, and I am going to be sharing some updates for Ohio residents um, on graduation requirements in light of the coronavirus-related school building closure and um, some other things, including district and state support for homeless students during ordered school building closure and information on accountability and the Ohio School Report Cards for 2019-2020, and then um, considerations for students with disabilities during the Ohio's ordered school building closure, and just some other coronavirus um, information that's available for schools and districts that I thought parents may want access to. I will create a link for each of the places where I'm getting my information from, which is Ohio, uh, or I'm sorry, education.ohio.gov. And, um, and, and now also you may want to check with your own state. I mean, again, education.ohio.gov, but you could try, you know, yourstate.gov or education and then your state. Um, dot let me say that again education dot whatever your state is then dot gov um, or just do a search for your state and graduation requirements or something like that okay so right now you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them you might be worried that you may not finish high school there might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough well the new heights educational group begs to differ we not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Hopefully you find this beneficial. Hopefully, I've seen a lot of questions about this and uh, I receive emails with this information, so I just want to make sure everyone has access to it. 
But first off, we're gonna talk about graduation requirements in light of the coronavirus-related school building closure. And I'm gonna be reading what it has on here for even those that maybe can't read or um, have visual impairments and so forth. So hopefully this will help you as well. So on March 12, 2020, Governor Mark DeWine announced that all of Ohio's public, community, and private K-12 school buildings would be closed to students for an initial three-week period beginning at 12.01 a.m. on March 17th and ending at 11.59 p.m. on April the 6th, 2020, due to the ongoing coronavirus or COVID-19 health crisis. This action was taken to slow the spread of the coronavirus disease. On March 30th, at his daily press conference about the coronavirus, the governor extended the school building closure through May the 1st, 2020. In light of the ordered school building closure, Ohio's education community continues to work to ensure students can reasonably graduate at the end of 2019-2020 school year. During these unprecedented times, it is necessary to provide flexibility in meeting graduation requirements. It is important to ensure that thousands of graduation-ready students are able to receive diplomas and successfully transition to college, the workforce, military, or self-sustaining vocations. This document is designed to help inform school and district decisions on whether eligible students have met the requirements under the temporary local flexibility granted through recently enacted Ohio law due to the current public health crisis. Now, awarding diplomas with graduation flexibility, step one. Determine a student's eligibility. Students are eligible for local graduation flexibility, but not necessarily entitled to graduate through September 30th, 2020, if they meet the following conditions. Students were either, number one, enrolled in 12th grade in the 2019-2020 school year, or two, on track to graduate in 2019-2020 as determined by the school district or regardless of the graduation cohort in which the student is included, and had not completed the requirements for a high school diploma. The category on track to graduate 2019-2020 includes students outside of the graduation cohort such as students from the class of 2019 or earlier who have not yet met graduation requirements or students in the class of 2021 who have not yet graduated but are determined by the district or school to have been on track to graduate in 2019-2020 school year. The determination of whether a student not enrolled in 12th grade is on track to graduate is determined locally. Students who already met their graduation requirements at the time of the ordered school building closure clearly qualify to graduate and do not require flexibility specific in the House Bill 197. Now, step two, determine if the student has successfully completed the curriculum. To reflect the change in circumstances during the ordered school building closure that may limit the ability to complete classes, conduct assessments, and assess 
certain graduation pathways, for example, earning an industry recognized credential, completing a work or community service experience. Governor DeWine and the Ohio General Assembly have given flexibility to schools and districts to award diplomas to students who have successfully completed the curriculum requirements. Um, there will be a link to those requirements um, in the first page or, or first link listed um, underneath this episode. So, um, well, foregoing all other additional requirements for a diploma, additional components for a diploma that are no longer requirements for students given this flexibility include assessment requirements and any alternative pathways to graduation. This window of flexibility granted to school districts and graduating students extends through September 30th, 2020. It's up to the student's principal in consultation with teachers and counselors to determine whether eligible students have successfully met the curriculum requirements or if the individualized education program team or IEP team um, has determined the student has met the IEP program and individualized education program. For purposes of this graduation flexibility, there are four categories of students. Number one, a student planning to meet the normal curriculum requirements for the student's assigned graduation cohort, a student whose individualized education program or IEP team was, has determined he or she will meet curriculum requirements under Ohio Revised Code 3313.61a. A student who, this is number three, sorry, a student who is using Ohio curriculum choices, there's also a link within the first page shared, pursuant to the Ohio revised section 3313.603D. A student enrolled in a dropout prevention and recovery program that is appropriately authorized by department through having been granted a waiver pursuant to the revised code uh, 3313.603 and F, or 3F, okay? To determine if a student has successfully completed the curriculum principles in consultation with teachers and counselors should A, review the student's progress. The following questions can guide the review process. What was the student's status at the end of the 11th grade year in terms of credit accumulation? So how many credits did they have? What courses was the student enrolled in during the 12th grade year? Did the student complete any courses or earn any credits by the end of the first semester? For courses not yet completed, what progress had the students made in those courses through the time of the beginning of the ordered school building closure? What additional progress did the student make through the school or district's good faith effort to provide education services during the ordered school building closure period? B, determine whether a student has completed each course and assigned grades. Before a determination can be made about whether a student has successfully completed the curriculum requirements, a determination will need to be made for each course in which the student is enrolled. 
schools and districts will need to award credit to students who meet the curriculum requirements for their necessary courses to award them diplomas. Due to the very nature of the instruction during Ohio's ordered school building closure, schools and districts have discretion in awarding credit. Schools should ensure fair and consistent practices when making decisions on awarding credit. It is strongly suggested that schools and districts document the criteria used to make credit award determinations. Schools and districts should consider student progress toward meeting current course requirements when deciding to award credit. Schools are encouraged to continue learning activities and provide feedback to students, recognizing the process for awarding credit may not be wholly different from the previous processes. When determining whether to grant credit to students impacted by the ordered school building closure, it may be helpful for schools and districts to consider the following. Considerations for determination or determining course completions. Principals should rely significantly on teachers to determine whether a student has normally included in determining whether a student completes a course. This consideration can include student activities and performance both before and after the ordered school building closure, such factors as student attendance, completion of assignments, course test scores, student participation, engagement in remote learning activities, and other factors can contribute to the decision to award credit. Um, a student, now this is the examples, a student had a C average and senior English up until the time of the school building closed. Closed. During the closure, the student was diligent in completing assignments and otherwise continuing to participate in whatever educational services were offered. The student would likely be considered to have completed the course and would earn credit. Another example, a student was failing senior English up until the time of the school building closed. During the closure period, the student made no effort to engage in assignments or otherwise continue to participate in education services offered. This student would be considered to have not completed the course and would not earn credit. A student had a C average, and this is another example. Um, a student had a C average in uh, senior English up until the time the school building closed. During the closure period, the student was not engaged in work and participated minimally in educational services offered. The student's principal would need further consultation with teachers and counselors to determine whether to award credit. A student was failing senior English up until the time of the school building closed. Okay, this is again another example. During the or closure period, the student was diligent in completing assignments and showed a significant change in effort and quality of work. This student's principal would need further consultation with teachers and counselors to determine whether to award credit. Mm -hmm. Now, this is still pretty long. Um, there's still a lot here. But there is a section called credit flexibility. And 
it, it talks about, you know, earning credit through um, statewide, Ohio statewide plans to allow students to earn a high school credit based on demonstration of subject area and so forth. Um, so the credit flexibility, I'm just going to point you to that section on the, the first link. And um, course grades, same thing. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. And it's still pretty much of what we've already been talking about. Um, then there's a the document decisions and reasoning and there is also authority to modify district curriculum requirements in excess of state minimum requirements, which was granted by the HB 197, which allows superintendents and chief administrators of schools and districts that have adopted a more challenging curriculum than the state minimum to use the state minimum requirements for eligible students. Ohio law requires students to earn a minimum of 20 credits to be eligible to earn a diploma. So you'll probably want to look over the additional information, the duration of flexibility, which is through September 30th, 2020. And then there's a continuation of educational opportunities. Now, one of the things that is not discussed is the homeschool option. I mean, I know a lot of people that are at home now, they're calling it homeschool, but it's not. Let's say your student was very close to graduating and they only need so many hours in each subject and um, you don't feel the school is maybe flexible enough or your child just isn't interested in going back. If you wanted to earn a diploma, away from the public school, you would have to send in a notification form to homeschool and you'd have to wait for their approval for that. And then you would, uh, you could homeschool under us, take a full load under us and um, you could purchase the diploma template and transcript through us. You would have to be a high school graduate um, or you'd have to have a, someone else working with them. Uh, but it, the minimum requirement is a, a, a graduate that will sign diplomas. So um, there's also other alternatives like Silicon Valley High School that has the $95 accredited courses or homeschool legal defense um, and so forth. But if you want help um, becoming like a, real homeschooler and finishing up or your child finishing up so they can get their diploma and let us know we can definitely help with that um yeah so don't be shy about that now i'm going to switch topics just a little bit in the sense of now we're going to talk about homeless students ordered 
or during ordered um, school building closure. So there is a PDF version of the second link that I'm going to share, and it covers these issues. So I know, for example, there are some kids living that live in bigger cities that are actually staying in school buildings or other buildings, and then um, maybe they were given laptops to do school um, from those locations or um, or even laptops for kids that aren't homeless to have it at home to be able to do their schoolwork. So um, let's discuss this in the sense of the homeless. At this particular challenging time, Ohio's homeless students are among the most vulnerable and need our best efforts and dedicated commitment to support their needs. The McKinney-Vinto Homeless Children and Youth Program ensures all homeless children and youth, including preschoolers, have equal access to the same and appropriate public education as non-homeless children and youth. So FYI, um, that's the McKinney M small C capital K I N N E Y dash Vinto V E N T O homeless children and youth program. Uh, the Ohio Department of Education and Districts receives McKinney Vinto funds to provide support and services to ensure homeless students receive an equitable education. The department is repurposing McKinney-Vinto funds and recommends districts to provide additional support to homeless students during the Ohio's ordered building closure. This page encourages district and school leaders to consider the following three questions as they think through how best to provide services to homeless students. These considerations are designed to drive practical approaches that are sensitive to ensuring the health and safety of students and educators in the community. Is the activity essential? Can the activity be done virtually? If there are no other choice, then ha they can, ha can the activity be done safely? This means individuals are separated by distance, not congregating in close proximity, and health participants, student educators, and others is protected. Um, please hold a second. Okay, um, Ohio Department of Education repurposing of funds below our actions, the department will take to address the immediate concerns of homeless students. These actions will enable, be enabled through the department's grant allocation process. Allow districts to submit budget revisions by their current funding applications for both the formula, Title I funds, and competitive McKinney-Vento grants to address additional flexibilities and spending their funds to support homeless students. Number two, relocate re unspent swept McKinney Vento funds to provide additional financial support for current grantees. The amount of unspent funds for fiscal year 2020 is $137,717. Number three, repurpose McKinney Vento state 
activity funds to provide additional awards to McKinty Vinto subgrantees for increased support to homeless students. There's recommenda recommendations for districts. All districts must support the educational stability of homeless students per the federal McKinty Vento law and as outlined in Ohio's Every Student Succeeds Act ESSA plan. Consider increasing the amount of Title I funds set aside for supporting homeless students during the time school buildings are closed. Rationale. Districts must set aside Title I funds to be used explicitly to support the homeless students given the level of need homeless students, students during the ordered school building closure. Districts are encouraged to exercise discretion to increase the amount of Title I funds set aside for homeless students. Allowable uses are extensive, but for the purpose of supporting students during the closure, allowable uses include items of clothing, personal and school supplies such as backpacks, notebooks, and et cetera, food, medical and dental services, counseling services to address anxiety related to homelessness, that is impeding learning, outreach services to students living in shelters, hotels, and other temporary residencies, and parental involvement specifically oriented to reach out to parents of homeless students. Okay, there's also a section two that supports activities of homeless liaisons to provide additional assistance to homeless students and families. Um, which could be a fire station, um, uh, agricultural mill distribu distribution, shelter providers, and, and so forth. There's also a, a section three, provide information about homeless services and contact information on district homeless liaisons and mill distribution. Um, if you follow us on Facebook, you will see we kind of we keep this updated on what meals are being given out in specific areas. Um, there, there are recommendations for McKinney Vento subgrantees, and there are 20 subgrantee grantees that award um, between $25,000 to $400,000. Which could cover tutoring, referrals for eligible students for medical needs, education training for parents, coordination between schools and agencies, providing supplies to non school facilities, and um, providing school supplies, including those to be distributed in shelters, temporary housing, and so forth. There are four other resources at the bottom of that second link um, that would cover resources from the CDC, um, Pro Schoolhouse Connection, National Center for Homeless Education, and then from United States Interagency Council on Homelessness. So again, that's the second link that I will share here. Now, this next 
issue that I want to talk about is the information on accountability and the Ohio school report cards for 2019-2020 school year. Um, this is something that if you're really interested, I'm not going to read all of this um, because it it doesn't it, it does and doesn't maybe interest all parents. So, you know, schools get the report cards as well for what they do. I mean, in defiance for DNF filling schools, and um, but there's a lot of DNF filling schools um, in the U.S. But if you want to like check out the report cards when they're updated and so forth, that will show graduation rates, if students are prepared for success, improving at-risk K-3 to readers, partial list, and then the career technical planning, it will cover graduation rates, career and post-secondary readiness, post-program outcomes, dropout prevention, also an area called Safe Harbor, um, numerous state consequences or carry over of previous requirements based on the report card results. Um, and there's an example of all of those things. And academic distress commissions, federal ESSA, ESSA designations, and, and so on. So for anyone that wants to look at that, that will be the third link in this um, episode. Okay, the next topic that I'm going to share, which will be the fourth link, is the considerations for students with disabilities during Ohio's ordered school building closure. I know I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, with concerns or that they just don't feel they're getting any or enough supports for their students with disabilities and they're really at a loss um, to get that help. I would suggest that you contact us at the New Heights Educational Group um, to, if you need some help that's not covered, you know, in this episode um, or even just perusing our site. But, you know, we can help you figure things out as well. So, um, now, the, again, this will be the fourth link down, and it discusses, you know, the disabilities um, receive educational services closest to the manner prescribed within your IEP to recognize, or they recognize, this might pose some challenges, but they are heart, hardened um, by how the education community has stepped up to provide educational services during this unexpected and unprecedented time. Now, again, this is in Ohio, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I see a lot of people posting about this issue that there's such a concern, but they, those people could be from other states. It could be from our state. Um, I usually don't check a state of where these people are from because I don't have time to do that. Okay, so um, this page, fourth link down, is designed to help school districts provide special education services to students with disabilities 3 through 21 years of age. The document addresses specific requirements of individuals with Disabilities Education Act and 
speaks to the most frequently asked questions that have emerged during the state's ordered school building closure. First and foremost, schools should prioritize taking all necessary steps to protect the health and safety of their students and discourage activity that might contribute to the spread of the coronavirus. Okay, so let me get to some of the meat of this. Um, so the questions they'll be asking is, is the activity essential? Can the activity be done virtually? If there is no other choice, then, the, then can the activity be done safely? This means individuals are separated by distance, not congregating, congregating in close proximity, and the health of participants, student educators, and others is protected. Consulting the local health department is advisable and encouraged. So, and most people with disabilities that I've been talking to, they they wouldn't fall in any of these. Um, I mean, they're essential. They usually can't be done virtually, and really, they need hands-on help. So, this is a really tough thing for parents that they're faced with. In this in this document or in this page, there's a a, a guidance document. It, it's under flexibility and meeting needs of students with disabilities. And you'll click on the U.S. Department of Education guidance form. Uh, I would suggest that you read over that. And hold on, let me see if there's anything else. Okay, services to students when schools or districts provide alternative means of education. There, it should be like a, it's a good faith effort that the school should be putting into it. So, do your special education students have access to the appropriate resources required to engage in your alternative delivery models, such as cell phones, computers, and internet, or other acceptable, acceptable connectivity? We all, will all students in the school or district have equal access to the learning and required materials? Can the alternative delivery model effectively support the district's deployment of FAPE, F-A-P-E, including the ability to provide differentiated instruction and one-on-one -one support for students who need it, question. Okay, so regardless of where the learning is happening, supports and services identified within a student's IEP must be provided to the extent practicable and without putting the health and safety of students and educators at risk as long as the school district is operating. This might consist of phone calls, virtual conferences for direct one-on-one -on -one interaction with the student. Okay, if you're using a visual platform, can your district or building provide training to staff, students, parents, or guardians, enabling them to use the online system and understanding the district's expectations for use of the system? All training can be accomplished virtually. Okay, so then there's like phone options. Does your district or building have process in place to track and document and so forth? So um, this is a fairly long um, 
thing that I'm not going to read all of it, but there's also the IEP section of this, which is just a little lower from where I was just reading. Um, and let's see, there's also a section determining comp compensatory services required after the ordered school build closure. Uh, the determination of the need for extending school year services and um, dispute processes, allocation of special education funding. Now, if you're in Ohio, um, I would also suggest the Ability Center out of Toledo might be a good resource for you to check in with. And there are additional services at the bottom of this page as well. Um, including the Office of Civil Rights. So um, if you need some heavy duty um, help, you may wanna check those out. Now, the fifth link down on in this, um, in this episode is going to cover the COVID-19 information for Ohio schools and districts. So, we receive all the same notices they do. So um, there's like, uh, you click on it and you'll see that this page will probably be kept pretty up to date. It has like facts for Ohio's ordered school building closure, supporting the whole child nutrition, serving students with disabilities, supporting children's social and emotional and behavioral health. Third, grade reading guarantee, support for homeless students, the educator, educator licensure, and then the remote learning guide and resources. So there's buttons to each of those. Some of those I already went over briefly with you, um, but I will share that as well. And then there, there is like a, a video from 4-1 of 20 on the coronavirus update. And then at the bottom of the page, there's Ohio Department of Health Resources, which uh, guidance for K to 12 schools, key facts, prevention flyer. So you can kind of see what the schools are being told as well. And just be, you know, proactive if that's what you're choosing to do. So I think I've covered those main topics fairly well. Again, if you need any help, educational help at all, do not hesitate to contact us here at New Heights Educational Group, 419-786-0247, um, email newheightseducation at yahoo.com. If you don't receive a reply by email, please check your spam or give us a call because we do reply. It's just um, sometimes the Yahoo emails, it goes into junk boxes. Alrighty, I hope this has helped you. Be safe and happy. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom. 
a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bath Fitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bath Fitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. 